0: To episode 128 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. And today we are beginning the New Testament book of Mark with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible. And I'm smoking the Penn Standard, Pennsylvania Broadleaf, Box Pressed Magnum 54, 6.5 by 54. So let's go to the fieldsupply.com website where I pick these up and uh, see what they have to say. Penn Standard is a gorgeous dark horse of a blend from Nicaragua that will captivate you the moment you lay eyes on it. Have a look at the luscious, dark, genuine Pennsylvania-grown Broadleaf Maduro wrapper. An oily beauty with some nice modeling and tooth that will have you drooling. A preview of things to come. The binder is Habano Seed Esteli-grown leaf. The multi-country fillers are a recipe of Habano Esteli and Habano Condega grown in the jet-black volcanic soils of Nicaragua together with Habano Copan from Honduras. On the opening, there's nice sweetness on the lips with a refined flavor that's smooth and almost chocolaty together with some spices, yet zero bite and no harshness. The ash is gray and holds firm, developing, developing layer after, after layer before falling off in large chunks as it progresses. The smoke clouds billow with copious amounts of smoke. Warmer, creamy, and smooth with a baked bread aroma, it burns slow with continued spice and strength. And the Vitolas are the Edmundo five and a half by fifty four, the Colada five point six by forty six, the box pressed Magnum fifty four, six and a half by fifty four, the Bellicoso Grande six by fifty six, the Doble Toro six by sixty, and the Mysterium Tremendum seven by fifty two. That is the Penn Standard Broadleaf Maduro. Let's go ahead and begin this week's reading of the book of Mark. And uh, I'll give you a little introduction to the book. The Gospel of Mark emphasizes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus announced the kingdom of God, healed the sick, and died as a ransom for sinners. In addition to Jesus, Mark features three main groups of people the disciples, the crowds, and the religious leaders none of whom understood Jesus. When the time came for Jesus to go to the cross, the religious leaders arrested him, the disciples abandoned him, and the crowds jeered him. Only when he died alone on the cross did a Roman centurion recognize that he was the Son of God. Though the book is anonymous, tradition identifies John Mark, in Acts 12, verse 12, as the author he may have based his gospel on Peter's preaching, writing sometime in the 50s or 60s A.D. And Spurgeon says about the book of Mark, In Mark's gospel, after Jesus endured the wilderness temptations, he commenced his ministry by announcing two leading commands, Repent and believe the good news, Mark 1, verse 15. This is the sum and substance of Jesus Christ's whole teaching, the Alpha and Omega of his entire ministry. And coming from the lips of such a one, at such a time, with such peculiar power, we are to give heed to his twofold command. To repent is more than a mere change of mind, there must be sorrow for sin and hatred of it in true repentance for the repentance Jesus proclaimed was in keeping with the good news. Thus we have the second half of his command, believe the good news. The repentance we ought to proclaim is one connected with faith. Repentance and faith must be proclaimed together, for the repentance Jesus commanded is the result of faith. It is the repentance that ejects sin as an evil tenant and the faith that admits Christ to be the sole master of one's heart. This was Jesus' message, and it should be that of his followers. So with that introduction, let's get into chapter 1 of the book of Mark. I am reading from the English Standard Version, the ESV, and verse 1 reads, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and believe in the gospel. And Spurgeon comments on verse 14, after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee, proclaiming the good news. The loss of John was the means of bringing out Jesus. When one servant of God is laid aside, it is a call to the, re- to the rest to be the more earnest. And back to Mark, verse 16. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And Spurgeon comments on verse 17, I will make you fish for people. I have sometimes heard the comparison drawn as though believers had a hook and a line, which they do not. Our business is not to entice a fish to swallow the bait, but to cast the net all around us, and lift sinners out of the element in which they lie, into the boat where Christ is. And continuing in Mark, verse 18. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and followed him. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Spurgeon comments on verse 24. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? The lost still cry out these words against the message of the gospel. Whenever believers proclaim the truth of God, This old cry will still be heard. And back to Mark, verse 25. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And Spurgeon comments on verse 26. And the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions. If Satan must come out of a person, he will do that person as much mischief as he can before he departs. And back to Mark verse 27. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, Who is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey Him. And at once His fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. And immediately He left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. And Spurgeon comments on verse 29, They went into Simon and Andrew's house. Jesus was a house-to-house missionary as well as an open-air preacher And a synagogue preacher. There is much good to be done by those who know how to visit and to look after individual cases. And back to Mark, verse 30. Now, Simon's mother in law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. And Spurgeon comments on verse 31. She began to serve them. I'm sure that whenever the Lord helps any of His people out of their temporal or spiritual distresses, they feel at once that they must say, How can I repay the Lord for all the good that He has done for me? Her serving them proved that the fever was gone, and gone in a way it does not ordinarily go, for fever usually leaves behind it extreme weakness. Jesus' cures are always complete. If he saves us from the burning fever, he saves us from the weakness that follows it. And when he deals with soul maladies, his cures are equally complete. There are no after effects to the soul, as there are in many diseases that afflict the body. When the great physician restores the soul, he restores it completely. And back to Mark, Mark verse 32. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And Spurgeon comments on verse 32, When evening came, after the sun had set. It was the Sabbath, and they would not bring out their sick until the day of rest was over. The Jewish Sabbath ended at the setting of the sun, so these people were all watching and waiting until the sun dipped below the horizon, and then the whole city was turned into a hospital. And back to Mark, verse 33. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Spurgeon comments on verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. Jesus' hard day's work probably ran on far into the night. Verses 32-34 through 34. Yet, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus was up at the sacred work of prayer. The more work we have to do with the people for God, the longer we ought to be at work with God for them. If we plead with people, we cannot hope to prevail unless we first plead with God. And inasmuch as our Lord had great success the day before, it teaches us that the greatest success does not release us from the necessity of still waiting on God in prayer. And back to Mark, verse 36. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went through all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. And Spurgeon comments on verse 40, If you are willing, you can make me clean. It is a pity this leper could not go further than say to Jesus, If you are willing. But it is a great mercy that he could go as far as that. So if we cannot pray a prayer that is full of faith, we should pray one that has at least some faith in it. If we cannot go as far as some do, we should go as far as we can. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. And Spurgeon comments on verses 44 and 45, See that you say nothing to anyone. He went out and began to proclaim it widely and spread the news. This leper was disobedient to Christ. Perhaps we might think he was naturally and excusably so, but we must never make excuses for doing what Jesus tells us not to do. Our duty is not to judge whether such and such a course will be profitable or beneficial, but to consider whether such and such a course is in accordance with the word of the Lord. This man ought to have held his tongue, for Jesus had told him to do so. I have no doubt that he said within himself, the more I talk about this miracle, the more good I will do and the more famous Jesus' name will become. But he had no business to think that. His business to, uh, was to obey Jesus' command. The result of his disobedience was that there were such crowds that Jesus could not work his miracles of healing. The disobedient man hindered Jesus' work. The best proof of our gratitude is to do exactly as Jesus bids us. And that's the end of today's reading in the book of Mark. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, as well as today's cigar. Also, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals. Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless and the Burning Bush Merchandise Store where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And if you know anyone who needs to hear this, please let them know about the podcast and help share the message of the Bible, the hope we have in Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at steve at com, which is linked in the show notes as well. So until next time, Have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.